Welcome to the Joy of Comics podcast. We are here live at NC Comic Con Oak City 2017. I'm Kevin Schaefer. I am Rich Lepore. And I'm Jordan Alsaka. And joining us today is a very special guest. Dave, can you introduce yourself? I am Dave DeWatch, president of this great nation of ours. No, I'm right. president of Action Lab Entertainment. I would be That's scared awesome. by that prospect, but also I take really it. Scared? I take Are it. you slightly uh, guiltily relieved? Yes, yes. I, I know. I mean, I, both at the same time. Absolutely. Right. Right. Yeah. No, Sleep easy, sure. uh, but have nightmares. I absolutely. was walking by the uh, Action Lab table, and I was just blown away by how many titles there are. It's 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 insane. It's a lot of work. It is it like it, uh, it it makes me old and keeps me young at the same time. Nice. We nice. do like fifteen to twenty titles a month. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. That is that is very different for a uh, uh, you know certain indie publishers are much smaller. You know, obviously they really are smaller. Yeah. You guys have okay. built up. I mean, you you've been doing it a few years now at least. So you you yeah, it's it, we're, we're coming it. into year seven. Now. Okay, yeah, so, so yeah, it's quite it's, a bit. It's been well, and this is the company that uh, started its business on a Kickstarter that made like six thousand dollars, and instead of just making one comic for six thousand dollars, we bought a laser printer. <laughs> oh, and then wow. we just and we like beat that thing into the ground. I mean, like we still own it and we don't use it, but I really want to do the slow mo office space thing where we just beat the, the crap out of it. <laughs> It'd be perfect. And, like, yeah, to gangster music, it would be so good. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. On that note, so this is just gonna be kind of a casual panel where we're just talking about um, Action Lab, about your history in comics. So um, to start off, I you know uh, Dave and I we did an interview last year, which you can find on the NC Comic Con site. Um, and so that was really cool. And so this is going to be like even a more fun version of that because we got more people and we, who knows what we'll talk about. Um, but so to start off, Dave, if you can just talk about how you got into comics as a reader first and like what books creators really influenced you. Okay. So my, my dad, um, he, he worked for, uh, uh PG&E and, e and uh, we live in the Bay area and, and I still live there, uh, born and raised, but my dad got shipped out to New York. Like they just transferred him. And like, we weren't going to relocate back to New York. My, my dad came from New York um, and met my mom there. And my mom, uh, okay, sorry, let's, let's, let's dial it way, way back. But my mom was dating Oats from Holland Oats. And, no and way. She Why? My dad. Like seriously, I could be, I could be a young oat. Um, and, David uh, Oates. Yeah, and, and, and like people are still like, you kind of look like that guy. And uh, it's it's the beard and the mustache, right? Really. Sure. Like, I, and I keep telling my, my wife that we need to do Halloween as Holland Oates because she's a redhead, and she's like, "Why do you keep wanting me to be a guy?" <laughs> <laughs> as well, um, she should ask. Well, I, but the answer is because I'm Oates, you know. Right. Um, so uh, they met in New York. My dad went back to New York uh, to work, and the only <coughs> connecting thing that I had with my father was uh, was comic books. He would ship comic books back to me, and, and I thought, oh, my dad's the coolest person ever. He got me, like, Frank Miller's Wolverine and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one and, uh, and Sable and all these weird, like, indie things, right? And uh, it just turned out my dad was going into comic shops and saying, hey, give me the coolest thing. And then he was shipping the coolest thing to me. So I got really indoctrined into the coolest like the best comic books, I think, in history were the, the books from like 83 to maybe 86, uh, maybe 87 uh, when Crisis came out. But like, to me, that, that's comic books. And it totally influenced my work and my love. And it was also just like something that I loved with my dad. Right. You know, something that we could share common ground. I didn't know he was just going in there and asking for the coolest stuff. I just thought my dad cared. And I guess he cared enough to like buy the coolest stuff. Right? He was curating a personal collection, right? And, of the and best I don't know, I don't know where he was going to get them, but they were right. I yeah. mean, like I got the first printing of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one. Wow. Like, who had that? That's right. pretty awesome, you know? right? And uh, my dad was out there for three years. He came back, and at that point, I had had like accumulated this huge collection, and I was like weird and organized, and I would bag and board them and keep them, and I would, of course I'd read them. But I, I kept them for a long time. So when it came to uh, traveling around and enjoying life, I, I've had comic books to actually like back that too. Like I sold, I had to remodel my house, and I'm like, man, I, I do have The Walking Dead. I do have five copies of Number One. Wow, right? <laughs> because I love that book so much. So every time I'd see it, I'd buy it. Right. Because that's how like my mindset was. I just I love this book. I want I want it and. It wasn't even like a show at the time. It was, a, it was just the first issue. When, yeah. when I was first getting into comics, I walked into um, one of the Ultimate Comics here in, uh, locally, 
and that was like the first book they recommended to me. And this was way, way many years, a couple years before yeah. the show. And they just pointed, maybe it was at like issue sixty, or I, I don't even remember. But he just pointed it out to me, and I'll never forget that day. And he was like, "This is the book that every month when it's on my read pile, I always read this book." And it was that same kind of experience, you know? Right. And and then I I started working in a comic shop after my dad came back. I I, I got a job at my local shop and. And then I became the bartender. And like really, you know, like you, you start to know your customers by name and then uh, you know what they're into and then there are certain weeks that are really slow and you're like, well, hey, what, did you, what do you like? Oh, you like that? Well, guess what? I got a book. It's called Preacher. And so yeah. I was working in the 90s when all these crazy banana cakes comic books were coming out. So I got to like recommend all this cool stuff to people that, you know, years later become a TV show or whatever, you know, like, or they, they just, like, Hellblazer is just in the pantheon of greatest mm-hmm. books ever, mm-hmm. um, but I got to recommend that to someone, so I can say that even in, a, in the smallest way, I got to kind of influence uh, comic books, and that's sure. where the love kept going with, with Action Lab, right? Sure. Well, I mean, it's funny you mentioned those books, because I remember when we were talking last year, you said, like, the two kinds of books you like the most are, like, very dark and very funny, which I can definitely see that in the work you've uh, produced. Um, right, and the know. work that I like, like Preacher yeah. is like the best book ever yeah. to me. It's 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 a masterwork, and um, I, I I like briefly was collecting art as well, and I I had a bunch of Steve Dillon books, and then I was like, oh, I'm remodeling my house, let's just sell them, and then Steve passed away, and um, I'm never going to get those books the, those pages back. I still have my Preacher books, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the, the the pages where Jesse and Tula, or where Jesse's dad met his his mom, and they met on a, a park bench in, in Vietnam, America, and oh the, wow, yeah, they were protesting, and she was spitting in his face, and then they fall in love. I had those pages, and I will never get those back. So, but on the flip side, you have a house. What is that? What you, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'd still have an apartment if I, but I'd still have those pages. Right? I hear. Yeah. You. So, I hear yeah, you. It's, I hear you. It's, it's all about you know, the passion that you have for it, right? Um, and and yeah, some of those things are, are are priceless, in fact. And I guess I'll never forget the fact that I bought it in the first. I believed in it before anyone believed in it, like The Walking Dead. Like I, yeah. I found like three number ones in a quarter box, and I'm like, why are these here? And they're like, we couldn't sell them. And this is before anything, you know. Obviously, sure. like it was like no one knew about that. So. It's an interesting thing to, to point out too when you take a look at somebody like Robert Kirkman and you know I, him being a huge part of, of Image and just how interesting it is what he came from. I mean when you talk to that dude, uh, as I'm sure a lot of people that go to cons have, I mean, he is a very, very normal dude. He is so chill, well, so mean, down like, to earth, like but yet about, like, brilliant. Like overnight success. Overnight success takes like 20 years. Yeah. And like – I'm I'm on year I don't know sixteen, right? yeah. so it's like like yeah. but like the twenty's coming right twenty ah oh, I can't wait I can't <laughs> wait to be an overnight success, um, but uh, it, it it's gotten to the point where like you know people we live in a in a in a very short attention span culture right like if you're not like the in flavor right now you don't exist and that's why I always have a table at San Diego Comic Con because if I don't I'm dead yeah like oh wait hey didn't wasn't Dave there last year he must be dead you know like, yeah. like you have to like <laughs> you have to like be there and beat people over the head with your existence before you're an overnight success and then people are like eh, I don't like it and then they like beat you up over like Astonishing Ant-Man or whatever Kirkman was doing at Marvel but like you know uh, I, I think that, that it's all hard work and passion and without and, and that's the one thing about comic books is people wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for the passion of comic books like you don't wake up in the morning uh, at age I don't know 30 when most of the people are breaking into the industry and say I want to be a comic book artist right you've loved it your entire life well that's the other thing too if you look at Walking Dead that is not especially in its you know its early days it is not a commercial book no. It's freaking black and white. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it is a book that, if you look at it, I, I mean, I can't, I don't think he probably thought this was going to be what it is. Now, in fact, I can guarantee he didn't think that. You know who I, did? Who did? This guy. You knew. <laughs> you knew. I did. Yeah. I did. I could sniff it out. Well, and that's the thing. Like, like when Princeless was brought to me, it had a different artist. And I was like, I, I don't see this artist. I, don't, I love the project, but I don't see the, the thing going further than what you've done here. We need to, like, retool it. So I, I took Jeremy like under my, my little wing, and uh, we we changed everything about it except the script. Like it was perfect the way it was, um, except comics is the marriage of art and 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 dialogue. 
and Jeremy had the dialogue, but not the art. And and it's so interesting to, to know that if we didn't get another artist, that book would have not gone anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and I still have a copy, and I'm waiting to put it on eBay so I can relaunch my house again. <laughs> <laughs> Kabooms. No one has this book. I have it because I, I love comics, right? Um, but yeah, yeah, I can't wait to put that on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Yes. Long-term goals. Yeah, yeah. eBay. <laughs> it struck me with what you said. I don't want to derail too much, as I know you're going through no, a lot of the way. But it struck me when you said that comics is a marriage of dialogue yeah. and pictures, as opposed to words and pictures. So, and, and the reason I ask you that is, you know, you take a look at um, uh, the book like The Vision this year, sure. and that is hugely narrated. Um, it's it's got a whole lot of uh, you know it, what in movies they're like show don't tell but then I love when the narrator pops up or like the Wonder Years what made that show was the narration you know and so it's interesting I wonder sort of what your thoughts are on you know dialogue versus narration in, in comics well I think that I think that pretty much every story's been told and yeah. um, you know like one one more learned than me would say that that there are like seven stories mm -hmm. to tell right and it's how you tell the story. It's, it's how your reader um, resonates or, or, or feels for the character or how, how they put themselves in that role that matters. So to me, it is about the words because the words are all we have other than the pictures for someone to graft themselves onto the, the project or the character. And um, it takes a great wordsmith to get someone emotionally tethered to a character mm -hmm. um, and in comics it, it's a shorthand art form too where you're you only have X amount of time to get someone involved because you only have the amount of words that can fit into a panel to convey an emotion so it's really really tough and um, someone like Kirkman does it really really well uh, I will say that he also does a lot of three-quarter talky panels where it's just a head giving you detail and all that stuff because he has to do it because it's the world he's building. Um, but getting it done in less time is an art form. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Um, but yeah, at the same time, like, uh, Watchmen is the most dense thing I've ever read yeah. and one of the most satisfying things I've it, ever read. It's really so. true. Ben is another example. He breaks every rule of having way too much dialogue, yet it's compulsively readable. Right. So, I, yeah. I love him and hate him for how good he is with dialogue. <laughs> yeah. He is like... Pretty much perfect. It's like the Aaron Sorkin of comics. Yes. Well, well, that's a good have, you, have you told him that? No, but that would be—he'd probably appreciate it, or not. I think he would. Okay. I think you—I think you should. All right. All yeah. right. Yeah, I met him at uh, uh, Heroes a couple years ago, um, and he was hanging out with. Um, anyway, it was—it was cool to meet him, and he. This was way. This was a little bit before. I mean, yeah, he was still huge then. Um, even four or five years ago, Bendis is pretty freaking. Oh, huge. I think you might have even been bigger then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There has been a little bit of a. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Which is kind of good that Marvel is is it, that Marvel has a really good funnel for bringing in new talent. It feels like. Well, and I was looking at uh, Image's announcement from Emerald City, which was a couple weeks back, and um, their big announcement was fifteen new books, and I was like, oh, cool, awesome, Image for fifteen new books. But what I did dig about it. Uh, people were like saying, oh, that's not a big announcement because it's all a bunch of nobodies. And I was like, well, guess what? That means that Image is actually trying to build up their creators. They're trying to actually like instill new blood into it. They're not, like for the last like two years, Image has been all about the names, like like the Brian K. Vaughns, you know, like the, the Brubakers, all those guys. Oh, yeah. And now they're like, hey, we just announced 15 titles. And it's yeah. like people you've never, you've never, heard of and concepts you've never seen before and I think that's really really uh, inspiring I think that gives me hope that comics are going in a different direction which is and great it, it's good to see them being a leader because I remember even even a couple of years ago and even still now we'll go to our shops and it's like there are people who are just like any image number one I'm going to pull that. That's not sure. like my list has image number one. So that's a chance for those artist creators who otherwise, you know, if they were just on the floor, like here on the floor, no one, people would just walk by them. But now just because image is helping them get out there, they have a chance of reaching an audience. I only, um, sorry, children, but I only smoke cigarettes at conventions because I have the most interesting conversations ever with artists that are out there nervously pushing their wares and they have to break away and <laughs> nervously smoke cigarettes. And I met a couple of uh, creators that were working on those image books and they were so excited by the fact that they were given the spotlight. 
and they've been working, you know, those overnight successes that have been working for, t- for the, let's call it 12 years now. Like, they're finally getting their comeuppance as, as, as creators and human beings. So I, I applaud Image. I, like, Action Lab's been doing the same thing for the last five years, but I think that because we are a newer company and we are publishing newer creators, it's almost just like understood that that's what we would do. You know, and then we work with Peter David, you know, and uh, a bunch of creators on Full Moon stuff like Tim Seeley and Jimmy Palmiotti and, and all that stuff. But like, we're known for bringing out new creators, you know. And then now Jeremy Whitley with Princeless is now working on The Wasp. Right. He's working with yeah. Mark Wade on The Avengers. I mean, that's 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 incredible, you know. For and and people are going to say this guy's an overnight success, but he's still been. I've known him for at least eight years. Yeah, you know. So he's been working in comics for at least twelve. And and going to mad cons and putting yeah. in you know the sweat equity in a huge way. I, I you know what I sweat equity would be the best shirt ever. Just hashtag sweat equity. <laughs> yeah. Artist Alley shirt. Oh, it sounds so good. Yeah. 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 But it's I, true, you have to earn it. We're brainstorming together here. This is good. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I like it. Oh, I met Whitley, like, I want to say five years ago when I was just toying with the idea of, like, getting into comics and, um, like, writing them and all that. And, yeah, he, I mean, he was selling Princeless and then that, what was that, the Dragonette book? Oh, Dra- uh, Dragonette. Yeah, yeah, yeah Dragonette. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, he was just on the rise and look at him now. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and, and here's the thing about that guy is he lives and breathes comic books in a way that most people don't. Uh-huh. Um, like I love comic books and I love my own stuff um, but I I, I I spend so much time publishing other people's stuff that the only time I get to write comic books is on a plane from convention to convention yeah. because I have no distraction and, and I no one can reach me because I have no internet so the only time I actually write is on a plane which is crazy so like I'm catching a plane in like two hours and I will be writing the next issue of my comic book. I mean, nice. Charles Soule is one of the most prolific dudes ever and we were talking to him and he is like, goes to the bar and he's writing on, you know, cocktail napkins. Right. Uh, images that come to his head and then he puts them all together on things like planes and commutes and things like that. When, and he assembles them. Yeah, when he, uh, when he visited Ultimate in Raleigh a few years ago and he had, he, when he was still on Swamp Thing, it was like, oh yeah, I wrote like half an issue while waiting for the, pan, for the, for the yeah, event to like, start. That's I don't know insane. how, that's, yeah, it's crazy. I don't yeah. know how he does that. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like writer's blog, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't believe in it. Nah, I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's BS. I think. That, see how I didn't swear right there. Nicely done, twelve-year-old. <laughs> gotcha. I got you. <laughs> I got you, girl. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I, I can't turn it off. I, I have to. I physically have to turn it off with like sleeping pills. Like that's how much I think about comic books, you know. And then by the time I go to write a comic book, it's the characters are in my head. Like they, they tell me where it goes. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I've never uh, wanted to write Marvel books or DC books because if I did I would have to be Daredevil which like wait but wasn't Frank Miller Daredevil wasn't that the best Daredevil you could ever have ever like it, am I a fraud you know even though I love the character like I, like the character's not new enough for me to instill new blood in it the character's established and it is what it is and there's nothing I'm going to do to change that character so to me what's the point of that and I don't want it to be a rant against like indie no, versus mainstream. No, no. no. But uh, but yeah, my dream is to write like one issue and drop the mic and be like, "That was the best issue you'll have this year of Daredevil." And I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Sorry, I mean, didn't you love all those ideas? I don't want to do anymore. Yeah. <laughs> different creators have different stories. Some people love writing for the big two. Some people want to do just indie books or. Well, I'm sure. Stuff, but yeah. it, like, and and another thing is uh, is uh, I live in a tiny house. So I don't need to write. I don't. Need, I don't live in New York and want to, and need to work for Marvel. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, like that. Seems You've kept like your overhead a lot of stress. Oh yeah, yeah. It was real smart. I just sold yeah. all my junk, um, and all those things I love. Yeah, I remember. Like, like I, I, my first San Diego Comic Con, I sold my first print of Mouse Guard, which was uh, a Comics Press. Black and white comic book. <laughs> Notably, and, and Alex, only, Alex is losing it in the audience. There are only uh, maybe 150 copies of this book in existence. Yeah, and I, I sold one for $2,000, and it paid for my entire trip to San Diego. And I went and I talked to, to Dave, and I was like, thanks. Alex, I want to get a picture of your face thanks, and put it up for, on the site. Uh, just, thanks thanks just, for letting me come here. And he was, is... like, he was like, thanks for buying the book. 
<laughs> Maybe, they, but I was like, you know, like no bones you, you, about it. You made a decision. You 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 traded a thing for an experience. Sure. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's I mean, always good. I think Kevin Smith. I mean, he when he was making clerks. Oh yeah. I mean, he was just that was one of the things he started with. Cards and, yep. Yeah. And overdrawing credit cards. And yeah. yeah, and he said every minute it was worth it. I mean, he's swimming in debt by the time. Alex was is made. like, dude, you had one of the one like of two hundred maybe copies of this book. I tried to buy an original page of it out of a comic shop and the dude wouldn't sell it to me. I offered him double the value and he would not sell it really? to me. I was pissed. I was like, I know how much it goes for. I'll offer you this. He was like, no. And I was like, then take it off the wall. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I was wow. so angry. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've had some really good comic books. I don't feel like I... Like, I I was I was remodeling the house and I said, Oh, let's have a garage sale and I had like a bunch of dollar boxes that like I didn't care about. So all of my new mutants were in there. Which means that the first appearance of Deadpool, the first appearance of Cable, the first appearance of every every awesome character that came out in the movie last year um, <laughs> was in wow. this dollar box and someone just bought them all and I didn't care. And then afterwards I woke up in a like sweaty nightmare, like, did I sell it? And I was like, oh, crap, I think I did. Oh, it was just a oh. stack of books. Like, I didn't count them. He said, there's 20 here. And then I realized, oh, man, I just sold all of these cool books and Deadpool the movie's coming out, and what did I do? Um, don't, don't look at me like that. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't look at me like that. It's Jewish, man. It's, it was, it was rough-tastic. It was, like, really yeah. not cool for me. Um, but at the same time, I've, I've, I've lived my life on comic books. I had a bunch yeah. of Walking Dead number ones. That's yeah. pro- that's way more important than what did they end up go- what did they end up going for the the Walking Dead number ones when these are um, what are they I worth sold, now? I'm kind of curious. Thirty five hundred piece. Depending on condition. Yeah, you said thirty five hundred or five hundred. Thirty five. Okay. When I sold them, um, I sold five of them for three hundred each. And that was before the show. I was like, oh, I, got, I better put this on eBay before the show sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because one of it sucks. One of it sucks. Like, like, like. Then you've got nothing, you know. So I'm like, well, I'll take my money now. But I bought them in a quarter box. Yeah. So like, I mean, do it's, the math. I mean, yeah. It's like a, a million percent profit. Yeah. Or something like that. yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Like, am I gonna cry about it? No. No. Yeah. I sold all my Nintendos, and I had every Nintendo and every Nintendo game. Yeah. For like two thousand bucks. I mean that's that's I mean you know there's a lot of those they sold really well so there's a lot of those around yeah but I hear you yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I mean it's sacrifices you got to make as a creator um, but on that note there are a couple books of yours I wanted to talk about and specifically so the first because you're talking about you know original concepts and like how you know some people say there are only like seven stories but one of the ones I think you just do really well I want to commend you on is Cyrus Perkins oh, um, so um, I you know. Um, and you know it does draw on a lot of like noirs and stuff like that but just to give you guys the quick elevator pitch of this book um it's called cyrus perkins and the haunted taxi cab um cyrus perkins is a taxi driver who one night um a kid gets into his car who's been shot and he dies on the way before they can make the hospital and so this traumatizes cyrus he comes back uh, like to the job like a month later and the ghost of this kid is sitting in the back of his car and he will not leave him until the mystery of his murder is solved. So it's just, I mean, first of all, how did you come up with that concept? And like, also, your elevator pitch is so much cooler than mine, by the way. I was like, wow, I'm so intrigued by where this is going. It's, I mean, like, <laughs> read it. It's, I mean, it was, it's at his table. You can find it online. You can get it out of your shop. Yeah. But how did that project come about? Because I remember you said last year it was a very personal project and um, but I just want to know how that concept came. So, so, um, so, okay. There's the, like more guys here than, than 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 gals. So, you know that like guys don't like a ask for help or ask for directions when oh, they're yeah. lost or they're just <laughs> too proud. They like you know like I will I will never admit weakness ever. And I one one day I went home from work sick. I thought I had food poisoning, and. I literally, I couldn't eat anything or I would just like vomit and, or worse. And um, then, then like, I, so a day later, uh, fever, everything is really, really awful. Um, and then like two days later, I, I feel a smidgen better. So I'm going to drive myself to Safeway 
uh, grocery store and eat a cake and then like be a weird crazy unicorn and like puke rainbows. I mean, it was like really the worst experience of my life. Like I was so dehydrated that I had like phantom back pains. You know, that I'm just like I can't move. Um, and I just thought it was food poisoning. And then I finally called the helpline, and they were like, "Bro, that's not food poisoning. What? What is wrong? Like, there's something seriously wrong with you." They're like, call, "We have an ambulance. We will send an ambulance." And like, you, you hear the stories about how ambulance uh, bills are going to be like five thousand dollars. You do hear that, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, "Don't try and get me. I don't need your help. I will drive to uh, the, the hospital." They're like, "Do not drive. Don't do it." They were like, I was like, fine, then what's my option other than this, this uh, ambulance? And they were like, just, you know what, just call a cab. And so I did. And then I waited for like 20 minutes for a cab to show up. And you know when like, uh, you know that help is immediately coming, you let the pain in? It was the most excruciating thing in my life. And so I crawled from my porch to this cab as it pulled up. And I just said, drive. And he... He was like, where? And I said, hospital. And I passed out. And oh, wow. Um, he must have freaked out. He was freaking out. I, like, I woke up to him screaming at me and running red lights and, and just swerving in and out of traffic. And he was like, where? Which hospital? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, dude, Kaiser. And then I like, because I, I think I'm funny. I'm mostly funny when I'm drunk or in pain. And I, I, I was like, I was like, if I die in this cab, I'm going to haunt it. <laughs> so get get me there, and like he did, and thankfully, and I was like, I like woke up from surgery where they had like, first of all, I had heart surgery the year before that. I'm like, I'm like a Johnny Cash song. It's a mess. It's so sad. All of it's a mess. So like, I couldn't even get the gallbladder out. They had to like stick a tube in, and just like drain all the bile that was like making it want to explode, and um, and so. I go, I do this, and uh, I come back, and I'm like, oh, that's a really good idea. It kid, is really kid good. Kid dies in a taxi cab, and then he haunts the driver into solving his murder. I'm like, oh, I love Prime Noir. It's like what I do. Yeah. So I just, I wrote this book, and it's weird because it's like an all-ages book. There's no swearing in it. There's no super violence. Thank you. Is this scotch? Yes. Um, <laughs> and... Um, I, it, it's about loss, and it's about dealing with like loss, and, and 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 this taxi driver who is like not a hero, he's just an everyday dude, has to like piece together what happened to this kid. The kid doesn't remember how he died; he just remembers getting in the car and dying. And then you realize that like, well, maybe the kid's not so good. Why was the kid shot in the first place? What? Why is he stuck oh, wow. here? Why isn't he in heaven? And. Uh, it, 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 from there, it, it becomes more of a, a supernatural um, prime noir. Hey. Hey, what is heaven? What is heaven? <laughs> heaven is where you get to go and you can live your entire life eating whatever the hell you want to eat and not gain any weight. That's like heaven, right? Yeah. Also, foot massages. I love a good foot massage. Like, to me, heaven is like I get to eat whatever I want and get my feet rubbed the entire time. Perfect. Right? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. So, are you. Are you one of those creators who uh, is never fully satisfied with your work, or are you really good at like finishing? Cyrus Perkins, I'm really good at finishing. <laughs> so <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> that's besides the point. Um, no, I, uh, I, for Cyrus, I was extremely happy with the way it came out. Um, I think that everything about it is like pitch perfect. Um, we're developing it for TV now, awesome. and we're that's expanding awesome. it uh, out to twelve episodes, which is going to be like heaven for me because the thing about comics we said it earlier it's the art of shorthand it's the art of like condensing all of these thoughts and ideas and emotions into like three lines where now I get like 12 episodes to do it I'm like oh yeah 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 I got it it's gonna be so good um, what stage is that at are you just sort of pitching it at this point or I have um, a director I, I don't know if I've announced this yet but I, I have a director he directed this movie called uh, The Final Girls his, uh, his name is Todd and uh, um he approached me after Emerald City last year, and I've been working with his producer Ken on uh, on pitching it. We're gonna probably That's go awesome. like digital Netflixy. We only want to do. Not been announced yet. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Getting all exclusive information but have, here. But if you <laughs> haven't <laughs> seen, if you haven't seen Final Girls, not Final Girl, but Final Girls, yeah. it is one of the most 
underrated, awesome movies of last year. Well, that's a that's a, a good thing that you love. You know his previous work. I I actually like I look at his stuff and I think, oh man, this guy could be like a Steven Spielberg type guy. If just give him give him the chance. I mean, he directed like like uh, uh, Harold and Kumar three three D. Because they were like, you know how to direct movies. You, you're great with technology. George is a big. Are you a Harold? I am fan? a big Harold and Kumar fan. Dude, watch Final Girls. It is. Um, it's very much. I, I want to say it's like um, a cousin of, of Cyrus Perkins. Like you will almost cry during. Oh wow! During it, it's it's about a girl who um, her mom dies tragically in a car accident. Her mom was like a scream queen from the '80s, and the only way that she can. Um, connect with her mom now is through film festivals where she goes and everyone else celebrates her mom's life and she through you know the amazing stories kind of uh, uh, cliche um, there's a fire in the, in the building and she runs towards the exit through the screen and winds up in the movie and now she's in the movie and the only way she can reconnect with her mom is through this movie where she knows she's going to die and oh, wow. it is Awesome! It is, and it's got like uh, Adam Devine from Workaholics. It's got um, the guy from uh, um, Silicon Valley, and uh, Thomas Middleditch. Yes, yeah, yeah. I yeah, love yeah. that dude. Yeah, he's great. He's great, and and uh, maybe from uh, from um, Arrested Development. It's got like some of like the best. It's like all the best TV cast that you've ever met. Like like they're like, yeah, we like this movie. We're gonna be in it, and it's it's amazing. Like, I saw this movie and I said, this guy is going to be the next director to watch. And then he called me. And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, you want to make my movie? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and at first it was a movie. And, yeah. and, then, and then we were like, they, they, they got the notes on my sequel to Cyrus Perkins. And they were like, yeah. this isn't a movie. This is a TV show. So now we're like retooling it. Um, which is really interesting, too, because like you, you don't, like, I, I'm like hesitant to put the sequel out until... We have the first season done on on Cyrus Perkins because there's a lot of spoilers in my next volume that are gonna like uh, maybe ruin a TV show, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, sure. That's that's really interesting. I I can only imagine how how fun and exciting it would be to do that. I always talk about on this on our podcast that there are over like 600 scripted shows now on TV and yeah. more every year. Um, so it's an amazing time to find you know a slot for for Cyrus Perkins. Well, like, in this like, case. like it's a it's a golden age of uh, of entertainment, I think. Right in general, uh, and, and yeah. I think that like more than ever, everyone wants to like escape into cool worlds. Right? Yeah, um, not cool world the movie. Oh you know, no, maybe no. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but not cool world. Oh, no. All right, but like cool little worlds that are. Um, so not Final Girl, Final Girls. Final, not Final, Final World is a very bad movie. So don't yes, watch that exactly. I have to always be like, not that, not singular. Everybody, it's the plural. It's the, that's the ones. Um, but yeah, and, and it's interesting too because I, I only met the guy once, and he was so grateful and giving as a person, you know. And I'm like, yeah, we're gonna work together. It's gonna be great. That's awesome. Um, uh, well, I know we only have it for a few more minutes, so we we would love to, if anybody in the audience has any questions or if there's anything they're curious about, either with Action Lab or uh, Dave's work. Anybody? He also has crowd. a new comic out now called Infinite Seven, yes. which you should pick up. Also, yeah, it's uh, it's my love letter to, to everything I everything my dad brought home to me um, from New York is in Infinite Seven. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 my first ongoing series. It's the first thing that I said I will make twenty four of these and uh, and do one a month. So I'm really stressed out. It's crazy. I was ordering it a few months ago. Um, at the Ultimate Comics here in Cary, and I was trying to remember the name of the title, and I knew it had seven in it, and because I'd seen you post it on Facebook, I was like, what is it, Infinity Seven, something like that? Like, uh, I get, you know, and so, um, and yeah, Jeremy's like, looking for it. oh, Infinite Seven, okay. But right, right. One thing, though, I didn't know until yesterday when we were chatting about it, because it, um, it takes place in the same universe as Double Jumpers, which is- All um, of my books are in the same universe. That's what I didn't know. the weirdest thing ever. You've got a little Tarantino, Kevin Smith in here, so. Yeah. Did you plan that out for- Is there such a thing as a little Kevin Smith? Ah, bingo bongo. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) In personality and physique. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, do you have any any advice for an aspiring- uh, Writer or artist? Both. Writer or artist? How about writer? Okay. Um- Yes, I do. Um, well, I would say this. 
Um, I get submissions all the time through Action Lab, right? And I, I do my best to be one-to-one -one with them. I, I, I try to tell them exactly what I think is wrong for us or maybe wrong for the project. And the answer is keep writing and always take the advice. Don't, don't think that, I mean, everyone has an ego and the ego keeps us going, and, but it's taking and learning that's going to make you a better writer or creator. Um, and you know, sometimes they'll be like, I love this, this is perfect. Uh, here's, here's the IDW guy, but for us it's not right because uh, we have a book like that or yada yada. I've gotten rejected so many times on, um, on I already have a giant monster book, you know? And I'm like, well, okay, I, I get that, you know? Um, and there's only so much room at some of those other publishers. Um, I would say if you, depending on how insular you wanna be, I'm, I'm all for Kickstarter. I think that like if you have a project you believe in and you get rejected three or four times and you want to do it, bounce it off of your friends. They're the ones that are going to like rip you apart anyway. Like they're the ones that are going to be like, change that. That sucks. Right? Like what you did with Cyrus? Yeah. Well, I mean like, I, yeah, I Kickstarted it and, and uh, I did it knowing that my, my that Action Lab was going to publish it. But I, that, like, that's another thing. Like there are certain levels of success, and the first level of of success is just doing it, and it's the greatest one you could ever have. The money, the fame, the the like to me, the second level of success after doing it is any one person coming up to you and saying, "I really, really, really liked it." Can you think of any other more gratifying thing than one person coming up and saying, "I was moved by it"? Oh, no. not really, no. No. So that's the most important thing ever. All of the, the fortune, fame, and all that stuff, that's all hogwash anyway. Like, like it comes and goes. Like, with Cyrus Perkins, man, I, I sold... Oh, I'm going to swear. I sold dick. I sold absolutely nothing on the, on the single issues. And I was like, why am I making comic books? God, I should just quit. I, why? Why? And then the same weekend that I was questioning why I was making comic books was when they were like, let's make a TV show or a movie. And I'm like, oh, so so what you're saying is comic books are all based on Spider-Man and Wolverine, and that's what retailers know, and that's what they're going to put on the shelves 99% of the time. And then you're going to get a handful of retailers that are really cool that want to like put out different stuff, right? Um, your stuff might be so different that it never sells, right? And then there's going to be one person that changes your entire world, and it could be the person that says... Uh, I, I was really moved by your story, or hey, I want to make a movie. But I would say the first is more important than the movie. It's you, you, you did something that someone cared about, you know? So, like I said, levels of success. Like, like what do you want to do? Like, I would say most people that get into comics need to reassess why they're in comics in the first place. Because they're always looking towards, like, like success number five, right? But success is, uh, like... Moving people and influencing people to also be creative. Like, that's why I do what I do, you know? God, I sound so passionate right now. I feel, like, I feel like a weird comic Hitler. Like, if I was just pounding on the door right now, like, I'd be like, I am the president. I am the president of Action Lab. So if you could have your say, based on what you just said, if you could have your say in the way your career goes from here, um, with Action Lab, with comics, with film and TV, what does that look like? I want to make I want to make a lot of Infinite Seven. I want to I want to be successful enough to get to the end of Infinite Seven. Um, I want to be successful enough to like, do 24? two more volumes of Cyrus Perkins. Uh, like like it's it's very very like short term. I mean like I I could walk away um, and move right into TV and move like like I have other projects that I'm working on just for TV, right? So like I could I could easily. Uh, shuffle off right and do do other stuff but i love comics and i want to see my projects through that's that's that success is just getting it done is the fact that you look so short term is that partially uh, not to get too oh, intense, i'm just really but, short but it's it's not about <laughs> but it's not about is that at all of a defense mechanism of just like you you just you don't even want to maybe dream about the majesty you could eventually achieve or you're just being like, like i dream of wearing a the pink feather boa and screaming woo a lot. Like, I want to be Ric Flair. Like, I really do. All right, all right. I really do. But, um, no, 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 no. Because to me, success has always been doing. Yeah. You know? And, 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 and like, money's money. Money comes and money goes. 
Like, sure I does. can buy five comics that are worth $3,500 or whatever, but it's just going to, I'm getting, money comes and money goes, right? But, but success and happiness comes from, like, like within you, right? Yeah. Like, if you're unhappy to begin with, there's no amount of money that's going to make you happy. Like, you're just going to be more miserable and find more distractions, you know, and then eventually it's going to catch up to you and you're going to suck. You're going to be like, ah, just kill me, you know? Like, I'm happy, you know? So, God, that sounds like, I don't know if that sounds pathetic or, like, inspiring. I don't know. Or maybe <laughs> a little bit of both. Remember this moment. It's good to be happy with what you're doing because, like, I just had my first book finally come out, and it took two years, and we kickstarted But, you know, I'm the people are buying it. That's all I need right now. I'm very, you know, you've got to be happy with what you have. And you right. got a publisher after you kickstarted it, so, you know, I mean, it's really yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, but I didn't even want that. I just wanted a book with my right. name on it. And, and honestly, like we were saying, like you could kickstart something, and and Kickstarter could be its own distribution model. If you get enough people into your Kickstarter, you don't even need a publisher because they paid for you to print your book, and then you can just have your book to sell. Exactly. And that's success unto itself. A lot of people think, oh, getting a publisher is success. I, I don't think so. I think that, like, you know what? What happens when you get a publisher? They take twenty five percent or more. So, if you love your own project. Put your project out like like that's why Image is so awesome. Yeah, I don't I don't mean to like uh, beat the drum of another company, but like they don't take they don't take anything, yeah. you know, and that's that's commendable for sure, and maybe dumb, <laughs> <laughs> probably dumb. So far though, uh, and I know we're, we're we're wrapping down, but I, so far we've talked almost exclusively about you as a writer. Um, sure. I'd like to hear a little bit just for a minute about what it's like running a company or or, or working. Oh, at I don't know anything about that. I'm drinking scotch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, so what's your day to day? That kind day to day, um, I deal with a lot of creators. Um, I I try to a lot of times. By the time I say yes to a project, I believe in the project so much that it's just about trying to make that project better. It's not about like changing it. So, for the most part, I, I trust everyone. Right? Um, there are certain things where I'm like, well, maybe you you know you should change that or whatevs. Um, but. For me, it's about surrounding myself with the best people I, I can uh, gather, right? Um, but I think the, the heartbreaking thing for me, and this is like something like when a project that I believe in, that I love, doesn't do well and might get canceled, I feel like a total toolbox because I, I take personal responsibility in the fact that I not that I promised them greatness. I promised them the first two levels of success, which you already know are uh, getting it out there and then having someone reflect it back to you. But the whole money thing is in indie comics really, really tough. And and you know with the um, with Black Mask, with uh, a bunch of AfterShock, a bunch of like publishers have come out in the last like year, two years. And the problem with that is. And it's not really a problem, but but like retailers can only spend five hundred dollars on indie comic books. So if you start putting out a ton of stuff, they're going to water. It's going to get watered down. And where they may have picked up five copies of one of our books, now they're only picking up two because they have to also pick up two of another company's book, and so on and so forth. So success has been harder to gain and much more heartbreaking as a creator. Uh, and no, through no fault of any of the other companies. I don't think any other company would actually say that, but I'll say it. Because the, it, it, they, they feel like um, I'm putting some blame on, on a retailer. No, these are just facts. This is just like, look, they got X amount of money because they have to spend X amount of money on Spider-Man every, every month. And they're always going to spend that money on that. And it's a sure thing, right? So at the end of the day, they have f like what I'll call fluff money fluff money towards the back of the catalog and then, you know, you get what you get, right? And then it's really like, to me, it's up to the consumer. Like, if you like something, if you look at a, a catalog or if you hear some buzz and you think you want to back it, then back it. Like, you have to go into your local comic shop and say, I want that because then it's no risk to them at all. They're like, well, I know I'm going to sell that and if that guy likes it, then maybe, I'm the bartender, by the way. So, oh, you know, if that guy likes it, then that guy will like it, and that guy will like it, and then it's like a preacher scenario where I can say, hey, oh yeah, you like that, you should check this out, because Jim said that he liked it too, and then everyone is like, super cool, and we're walking through a field of daisies together. 
But like, it's so divisive out there in the world, and people are so crass and 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 jaded. You know, like, why can't it just be about like cool stuff? You know, so yeah. Now I, I feel like I've doom and gloomed you. No, did I doom and gloom you? No, not at all. Okay, it's all shit. Everyone's still light and happy, airy. Yeah. Yeah. I heard about a field of uh, uh, daffodils. What was the... Oh, daisies. But daisies. I'm also... Uh, I have no shirt on. I also have, like, Fabio hair, though. I like, really long hair. I don't have any hair. So in my mind, I've got, like, this luscious hair. <laughs> all right, all right. So that's a visual for everybody. Absolutely. Awesome. But, but no, one, no one has any point of reference whatsoever, so they're just like, this f- annoying voice wants long hair now? God, what a demanding guy. Fifth level of success, Fabio hair. <laughs> well, I'm sure, you know, uh, you're about to jump up on your horse and gallop off to the airport <laughs> yeah. oh my God. Uh, to travel away. <laughs> bareback, bareback. It's so good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it was a real pleasure having you here. Boy, Dave, um, thanks for coming. Uh, thanks for letting me, like, ramble for a long time. Oh, I mean, and, the... and thanks to these guys over here for bringing me scotch, like, later, <laughs> so that I wasn't, like, drinking scotch the entire time. Sorry. <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of these guys, Brockton, can you come up and... Uh, Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Give us oh, a gosh. Because Brockton writes for Action Lab. Brockton and I are writing a book oh. together, and it is like a, it's a, it's a form of double dare. It's crazy. Hi, guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not going to come back there. No, you guys, like, you guys are finished. You guys so, are going to panel. I will say but, this. Brockton and I are writing a book, and the way we write a book is unlike the way anyone writes a book ever. Uh, we write it on Google Docs, and uh, we write it at, like, midnight. And we, I live on the, the West Coast. He lives on the East Coast. So like we're at different time zones and it, it is a mess. Cause I'll be like, hey bro, I just wrote the best six pages you're gonna read. And then he'll write six pages and he's like, hey, by the way, I just made yours better by making six more pages. And then I'm like, oh yeah? Well guess what? I just edited your pages, made them funnier, and wrote three more. And he's like, yeah, well guess what? We're starting over. <laughs> and then like, real weird situation. it's a real weird situation. But then like, like literally two days later, I'm like, did we write a script together? It's like, it's like a one night stand. It's like a weird extended one night stand where I'm like, did we do that? Are we dating right now? I don't know. And then I'm like, do you want to move in? And he's like, yeah, I'll move in. And then we get our artist to draw it. And it's the weirdest thing ever. And yeah. it is like a weird comic that's awesome. For people that, that are listening, what, what is the book you're collaborating on? Uh, we're working on a book uh, called Party Monster. And I guess I'm going to divulge what it's about. Okay. Yeah, do it. Okay. Do it. We, we, we actually don't have a publisher. This is like the reveal yeah. cast. All right, yeah, it is. It is. This is like it. seriously like exclusive weird stuff. So it's basically <laughs> about uh, the daughter of an Ultraman character, so she is just famous for being the most famous teen uh, daughter of, like, a Captain America, right? Like, if Captain America had a daughter, she would just be like Paris Hilton. She would just roll around drinking and smoking and being a mess. And uh, so her dad, um, Mega Commander Zero, uh, dies in a, in, a, in a tragic fight against, like, basically a god-sized monster, and uh, he ends all of it. And so she just lives off her life as a, as a famous person, she, her, her best friend is Danny Sheraton, uh, or, or Dana Sheraton, uh, the heir to the Sheraton Empire, uh, a la Hilton. And so they just roll around Sheraton's drinking all day, and then the monsters come back. And uh, it's, she has to reconcile all of her demons to try and figure out how to stop it. And uh, then she realizes she can grow too, so she becomes a giant monster-killing alcoholic. <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah. Was that, that good? Was, was that good, Brad? Really so that's, good. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Really and it is. Uh, I guess we're announcing it. Well, we just did. <laughs> <laughs> When's it coming out, guys? We don't know. Okay. We have no idea. We're going to kickstart it. And, like, like I said, we might just do it ourselves. Who knows? Because we want to be able to do whatever we want with it. We don't want to, like, have anyone come over the top and tell us that there's too much drugs in this book. And, um,. And our, our artist, his name is Magenta King, which is also very weird. Super um, weird. But like, yeah. Hard to talk about to your wife. You're like, now I got this like Magenta King that's gonna. She's like, oh. What's yeah. What? What? Is he actually player? a king? No. Is not he not a king of a color? Um, <laughs> is it like Magenta's the first name and last name's King? Yeah. You know? and, wow. And like Magenta's on the birth certificate. Like I'm like MK. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, what's what's really really cool about this book um, and. It was, it was really funny. We were in Puerto Rico, Brockton, last year, and Brockton is like, we're drinking, we're drinking a 24-pack on the street. And 
Brock is like, man, I wanna, I wanna make, I wanna make a monster book. I want a girl that she, 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 she like turns into a monster. She's got these fucking claws, man. And I was all, oh yeah, nah, you know, uh, how about, how about she grows? She grows real big because like guys like gigantism. <laughs> and he was like, gigantism, that sounds awesome. And then we started like coming up with the backstory of this character. And then by the end of like us finishing a 24 pack in the middle of a street in Puerto Rico, we had a story. And then like just by kismet, someone had sent us Magenta King's artwork that weekend. And we woke weekend. up yeah. popping like, like, we were the party monsters. And yeah. we woke up like, like popping aspirin and then checking our email. And Magenta King stuff came up in our in our feed, and we were like, "Wait a second! Like, did we come up with something that this guy can draw?" Can do that. And uh, and it is uh, it's amazing. I'm just gonna pass this. Do you guys? Can it looks amazing. I looked at it before we started the episode. Brock, I think for that book, just put as your name, Jackal Bloodfart, because like Definitely. with the oh, like yeah, that's I'm going with Bloodfart. yeah, yeah. little inside joke. Brock, that was his. You were just drunk one night. You put that as your name for Facebook. Yeah, or, in the bar, yeah. I decided that I would change my name to Jackal Bloodfart. On Facebook and it'd be super funny. And the next morning, I said I'm gonna change it back. Facebook says you can't do that. No, yeah, like for like three, three months. months. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was longer than that. You're gonna huh. be Jackal Blood Fart for three months. <laughs> and I said, Facebook, no. I said, I'm thing. I said, I got, I got a couple of books coming out. It's a real big deal to me. And like, Action Lab was like, same thing. It's like. And people are making like Jackal Bloodfart shirts. Yeah. No, people were like making shirts. Yeah. And I was like, well, you're never getting rid of this, dude. There are shirts out there with yeah. your Jackal Bloodfart. Your career movie ever made. What's rad about like like not only do I, I absolutely like love Brockton as a person, but like working with you on stuff, like we push each other like crazy. And not even like uh I mean, not in a competitive way. It's not weird. It's just we push each other to like make the best book we can make. You push each other to ecstasy. <laughs> I was about to say, get it around. Yeah, you're professing your love to each other. I, I'm nodding. I, the, the, the podcast people can't see the nod, but I'm like, yeah, it's totally true. Yeah. This art is amazing. That's Magenta King. Magenta King does not F around. No, no, no. Because this is the kind of book that I mean, your your guys' idea I mean is 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 what makes it. But if you but if you don't have the art right on this kind of book, that it is not going to be a good book. It's an image book, like easily. If they don't, oh yeah, they don't take it. Oh yeah, like like here's the thing. I've been like not intentionally talking really really well about image. But if they don't take this, they're morons. They're oh, complete is, idiots. No, like, this looks exactly like, like an image book to me. It really yeah, does. Yeah. It really does. It totally does. And Magenta King is is he's a monster. And then my colorist, I, I just found I, like she submitted her stuff to me, and I was like, oh, I really liked your art, but man, your colors are amazing. Have you ever colored anyone ever before? And she's like, no. And I'm like, here's Magenta King. Check out his stuff. Do you want to you want to color it? And she was like, nah, I'll try. And she killed it. I mean, it's like it looks solid. It's really it's so good. Well, Dave, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. I'm great, so glad I came. And audience, thank you for coming yes, as well. Thank you for coming Ow. out. We're the Woo. Joy of Geek. Yes. yes. You can find us, thejoyofgeek.net, uh, at the Joy of Game on Twitter, a whole bunch of other places. And please check us out and definitely check out Dave's stuff because there's so many cool projects going on. Yeah, Where can they I'm find at, you online? I'm at uh, outofmymind.co uh, and then uh, actionlabcomics.com. All right. Sweet. And then you can just find my name, Dave DeLange, on Twitter and Facebook and stuff. Cool. I say some crazy stuff on Twitter. Let's go. Everyone, <laughs> come along for the ride. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. That's pretty good.